0: It's time again for The Insiders with Chuck Kuala and Scott Jensen, sponsored by the Wisconsin Counties Association and Michael Best Strategies.
1: Hi, I'm Chuck Kuala, former Senate Majority Leader.
0: And I'm Scott Jensen, former Assembly Speaker.
1: We're The Insiders. So Scott, redistricting, we're in the thick of it now. We've got maps. And those maps were the Tony Evers maps, but not really because the court, the Wisconsin Supreme Court said, uh, look, we're gonna help the Republicans gerrymander. So we're gonna say at least changes is what we want. But then Hagedorn switched sides and said, hey, you know what? Evers actually did a better job on this Republicans. So slightly better maps for the Democrats, but not great maps, obviously. What's your take on this whole process? And, and of course, now the big thing is, We're going to the U.S. Supreme Court because the Republicans aren't happy. What's your take?
0: Well, I'm going to agree with you that um, that first decision by the Supreme Court saying that the parties would have to use a least change uh, methodology for drawing the maps meant that the maps were going to lean Republican no matter what. Um, The second question that the court decided, which was which map to choose, um, they chose the Democrats' map, but still it essentially sets up Medium-sized Republican majorities in both houses, the legislature, for most of the rest of the next decade, unless there's a wave election. So I think those new maps lean to the Republicans sufficiently that, uh, but for a disaster, they probably control the legislature in both houses for the rest uh, of the decade. There were um, like two key questions um, that before the court essentially when I was looking at it. The first one was, is that which map? had the least amount of people that moved around, and that was Governor Evers' map. And the other question was, uh, essentially, uh, which map maximized the number of minority members of the legislature likely to be elected? And the the Wisconsin Supreme Court actually didn't seem, the majority, did not seem to care as much about that question. And that's the question I think that will be going to the federal level. Um, Governor Evers will argue that he created more districts with a majority uh, minority population, and that is true, um, but there's a seriously diluted population. In many of those districts, there's 50.1% or 50.2% uh, of voters who are, of, 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 who are minority. The Republicans and, interestingly, some African-American legislators and Hispanic legislators have said, hey, wait a minute, Historically, the way we've maximized our percentage, these districts had much higher percentages of minority voters, like 60, 65%. When you and I drew maps, we were aiming for 60, 65% back then. The governor's essentially saying this is good enough and the Wisconsin and the United States Supreme Court has never really answered that question. They've never drawn a hard line as to what that means. And Amy Comey Barrett, at least, seems to take some interest in maybe it's time for the U.S. Supreme Court to take a look at that. It's unlikely that the court would take it up. They've said no to most of these uh, appeals for redistricting. But this one is a question that the court's never really clearly answered. This
1: is, this is the quintessential insider question. Scott and I could go on on this for two hours and actually explore different elements of this. We did this 20 years ago. And uh, and in fact, a little more than 20 years. But there are so many different angles. For example, there are changes in the way that these elections are working. More African-Americans and other people of color are being elected on the Democratic side. For example, I am represented by an African-American in the Wisconsin State Assembly, and yet, this my district probably has less less than 5% African-American, uh, although the, the mo- minority population would be higher. So that's would be part of the interesting question that the U.S. Supreme Court would have to look at, okay? Let's put that aside because that could be a whole 15-minute discussion or longer, and in the court, it will be many pages and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That's one. The other element, okay, the switching around here. One of the dangers that nobody seems to be talking about is, what if the US Supreme Court actually were to send this back and send it to the federal district court? If the district court got moving here and said, look, there's something that's gonna happen. Do we need to now take this over? They have deferred to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. They may not do so any longer if they feel that the court can't get it right. Nobody has talked about an entire new alley that I'm sure the attorneys for the litigants on both sides of us thought about, but there has been no, zero public discussion about that possibility. Because, in part, it's unlikely, but it is something that could happen. Nobody's discussed what would happen if a Wisconsin Supreme Court election in the spring of 2023 happens and changes the majority in the Supreme Court. I think that could result in some very different changes. So, all of the things that Scott discussed, plus the ones that I just mentioned, were just scratching the surface, but folks, it's popcorn time. For the insiders, this is the kind of stuff that people love to watch on the inside of politics. I guarantee you that every legislator in the Capitol is on pins and needles about what their district's going to be, whether they're going to be able to run, are they going to have to move, and then there's the bigger issue of what's going to happen is Wisconsin, a 50-50 state, a purple state, going to have a chance at electing Democrats to a majority in either house, by the way, the most likely results are, no, the Republicans are saying, hey, 60% is not enough. We want veto-proof majorities, and come on, U.S. Supreme Court, give it to us. And Amy Coney Barrett says, maybe, guys, if I can convince a few others. It's it's popcorn time.
0: But it is likely that both houses lean Republican for the rest of the decade, I think, regardless of which maps end up being selected. It's just a matter of what areas they represent and who the representatives are. And we're already seeing quite a few retirements this year. So there'll be lots of openings for new people to get into politics this fall.
1: See you next time. You've been listening to The
0: Insiders with Chuck Walla and Scott Benson, sponsored by the
1: Wisconsin Counties Association and Michael Best Strategies.